message today is, uh, it's, it's the last message in our series uh, called Reply All. And, uh, and that is, this is our series that we do that is in response to uh, a survey that we do at Easter time where we ask you, what are the topics and what are some of the things that you want to hear about? And so the series is called Reply All. And this morning, the series is How to Deal with Difficult People. Yes, right? And we all need to know that. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I think I've even said this before because whenever I will speak in a series, Pastor Jim usually just gives me the date and he gives me the topic. And I really just feel like it always works out. Like it is exactly something that I feel like is in my heart or that maybe God has, you know, shown me or spoken to me or that I have experienced And I told him, I said, look, babe, God is so faithful. Like, of course he would allow me to speak on how to deal with difficult people. (laughs) I mean, I'm an expert, right? And he just looked at me and laughed, you know. Uh, And then I thought, you know what, it's funny because I'm sure God is laughing. Because he's probably like, "Uh, no, this is really about you. And that's why I have you speaking (laughs) this morning. Um, but that's usually, that's usually what it is, right? That's usually how it is. We think it's about someone else and God is like, it's really about you. And so if you heard the title this morning, then you're probably like, okay, I have my notes. I brought extra paper because I want to hear all about how to deal with difficult people. Um, but I hate to bust your bubble because that's really not um, what it's going to be about. It's not what it's going to be about this morning. It's not really going to be one that is kind of warm and fuzzy and, you know, exciting. Um, but it can help you if you allow it. It can help you and it's going to be great. But it's just may not, it, there might just be some tough things. It might be some challenges. And, uh, and that's just because we all have difficult people in our lives. Like we all have difficult situations or, you know, situations where we are hurt or angry and, you know, it may be your spouse. And if it is, you just just keep looking forward. You don't have to look to the left or to the right or nudge them, just keep looking forward. But I mean, sometimes it's, it's your spouse and your marriage that's hard. And sometimes it can be maybe someone at school or your boss or someone in your job. And uh, maybe it might even be a group of people, like a political party. And it just, it does something on the inside of you or maybe, or maybe on social media. It could be someone that you've never even met on, on social media or even on the road. And, and so we all have these difficult situations in our lives And we all have ways that we tend to deal and manage those situations in our lives. And the problem is, is a lot of times the thing that we use to deal with that difficult situation, it doesn't, sometimes it it backfires on us. And uh, I was actually, I read kind of this story and I was telling my husband about it last night about a young girl who snuck out of her house and her brother caught her and told on her and she got grounded. So she was mad, of course, she was angry. So she thought, okay, well, I'll fix him. I'm going to get my grandfather's laxative and I'm gonna put it in his shake. Well, that's a great idea, except for the problem is, is she drank the shake and poisoned herself. And so, you know, like sometimes we have a tendency to kind of focus on the other person or we want to get them back. And it just, things in life just tend to backfire on us. We're wanting something to happen to them and it's really hurting us. Like we're the ones that are hurting and we're the ones that are stuck. And, um, 
And so some of the things that we're going to talk about this morning, it's going to be a little bit of challenge, you know, it's going to, it can be challenging. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it even as I was preparing, I was like, that's probably why Jim had me do this message. He's like, here, honey, you go be the bad parent. You go tell him all the hard stuff and then I'll just get up there and, and like let him, yeah, pray over him and bless him. And then you can tell, I'm like, that's all right. I'll take one for the team. That's okay. I'll do it. Sorry. I get to make it up to the ladies on Friday. So <laughs> yes, yes. But God is always, you know, God is always willing, uh, you know, to do something in our life. Like he's ready. He's ready to transform our lives. And, and the, really the only thing that, that he requires from us is just this little thing called surrender. You know, it's this little thing called surrender. And so I think this morning is going to challenge you, but I truly believe that by the power of God, if you allow him to come in and come into your heart and to do what God wants to do, that your life can be radically changed today. I I really do. Yes, I do. And so, you know, God just requires, I say this little thing, and I say that sarcastically because you know that surrender means trust, and it means giving up those things that are comfortable to us and having to put our trust in God, and that's hard. It's hard in some of these difficult situations. And really, you know, surrender is about when we just let him, like when we let God be God in our lives. Like we don't, honestly, like we don't have to think about it we don't have to understand it. We don't have to really agree with it. We just, I mean, it's really just about letting God and just letting him do what he wants to do in our lives. And so I, when we do that, then that's when our lives can be changed. And so I just wanna challenge you this morning to open up your mind, open up your hearts, and, uh, and just to, to let God speak to you um, through maybe even some of the difficult situations that you feel like you're facing this morning. So we're going to talk about how to deal with difficult people. And uh, I want to start with two scriptures in James. Um, and when I refer, we're referring to the book of James, it's, uh, you can kind of, you could say Jesus is half brother because Jesus was not born from Mary and Joseph. He was born of a virgin birth. Um, but then after he was conceived, Mary and Joseph had other children. And so this is Jesus's half brother. And so in James chapter four, Uh, verse one and two, he's talking to Christians and he's trying to help them. He's trying to help them. And uh, he's very practical. Um, So apparently they're coming to him because there's there's some things that's bothering them and frustrating them. And he says, what's causing the fights and quarrels among you? Like, Like what's causing all the problems? Like why are you asking about these difficult people and difficult situations? Like, Like really, like what's going on here? And if that was us, we would probably say, we, we know the reason. I can tell you what's going on here. It's him. It's, it's her. Like, that's the problem. Like, it's very clear. It's very simple. It's very easy, like James. I'm just telling you. You know, like, it's not that difficult. But, and if they would just do this, or if they would just do that, I would be fine. Like, I would be, I would be good. Or, or maybe it's, James, you don't know my boss like, you don't understand the people that I work with every day, right? You don't understand. I know what the problem is. It's easy. And then that would be where we usually start explaining our story, right? We start explaining our side of things. And, and you know, looking back on it, the truth is, James probably listened to what they had to say. 
He probably sat there and he listened to their stories and you know they're, they're quarreling and they're fighting and he's listening to their hurts and frustrations and anger and, and he's listening to everything. And you know what else? Just like you and I, he probably agreed. He probably agreed with them and said, you're right. That dude on the highway, he was a jerk. <laughs> he just cut you off. Like, you know, you're right that your spouse is, is being difficult right now. Or, yeah, you're right. Like, he would probably agree with them. But this is where it gets tough. Because, you know, you're wanting them to change. And, and, he, and, he, and it's clear that that's the issue, right? But then he switches it. And he gives the only real solution. It's when you, because when you require someone else to be involved for your life to get better, you have just lost all power that you will ever have to change or grow. It's like you've just given them the keys to your growth because you're requiring them to be involved for you to grow or to change. And so in, in the first verse, is he, you know, he's like, it's with all this fighting and quarreling and, and all this frustration, don't, he says, don't they come from your desires and the battle within you? Like, don't they, don't they come from inside you? And, and then, of course, you're probably like, yeah, there is, there is a battle going on in here, you know? Like, I really am, I am frustrated. Like, something is off. Like, it's, it's not really okay with me right now. And, you know, the, he's really saying, if you want to know how to deal with difficult people, you have to look at what's going on inside of you first. Like, the battle has to com- is coming from within you. That's what he's telling them. And that's why, that, that's really why the message is so hard is because, you know, I've always said, I'm like, parenting is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But it's not because my kids are that bad. It's not because they're that, it's, they're, they make it that hard. It's because I have to deal with, with those difficult situations and I, and I have to deal with it. And I have to look at the inside of me first if I wanna grow and change. And it's the same way in our marriage. That's why marriage is hard because we have to change. We have to look at our, ourselves and figure out like, what is it? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> When you can hear your husband amening over everybody else. <laughs> but I love, I love what he says next. He goes on in verse two and he says, you want something and you can't get it. I'm like, really? This is in the Bible? Like, it's just, like, who knew? All this just so plain. Like, really, you want something and you can't get it. And, and honestly, this is the basis of all difficult situations, like all situations that we get angry at. I mean, there's, there's even a book called uh, Getting the Love You Want. And Pastor Jim and I actually just recently uh, attended a workshop. And it's amazing. Like the, and this is so true and so timely. Uh, and so timely, but all anger comes from that root. It's something that you wanted or that you felt like you deserved and you didn't get it. And so sometimes it's kind of like we feel like, well, they should have treated me with more respect, you know? Like they should have paid me more than what I'm getting. Or I work hard. Like my spouse should be doing this or should be doing that. That's something that you're wanting. I deserve that. I deserve to get that. Or maybe it's, it's people on the highway and you're like, 
go, just go. Or like, what are you doing? Why did you just get over? Like, you know, like I need you to move. I've got places to go. Like I want something and you're in my way. So can y'all just all say a prayer for me? I don't know how many, how many of you have husbands that like to direct traffic in the car? I'm like, I'm like trying to direct, I'm like, they can't hear you. Like they literally cannot hear what you're saying. <laughs> but I can. <laughs> no, but I, uh, I, but it's like, I want something and I'm not getting it. And it's the source of really everything that we have ever been frustrated about or battled with and everything that we will battle. I mean, honestly, and so, and it comes because we have put our rights on things. Like we have a right to this. We have a right to that. And so we really have to start, you know, it's because it's more than just, well, I'd like to have this or I'd like to have that, but we have put a demand on it a demand that we, we deserve this. We have a right and we should have this. And, uh, and so we really have to start examining like where, where does that come from? And, and even look at what James says next. It's still in the second verse. He says, you kill and you covet. You quarrel and you fight. But you kill and you covet. You cannot have what you want. He's saying you're, qu- you're quarreling, you're fighting all this strain in your relationships. It's because you're not getting what you want. And in order to change or deal with that difficult person, you have to ask yourself, what is it that you really want or that you're not getting? And, and do you have a right to want that thing at that level or demand that thing? Like we have to kind of look on the inside of it first. And you know, it's funny because we also learned in that workshop, he had kind of one of those I don't know if you've ever, I don't even know what they're called, but it kind of looks like a little science thing, but it's a ball and it has all these, it's like hinges or whatever. And it like expands real big and then comes down. Anyways, like here we are in life and, and you're either one of these two, you respond either like this and he, it blows it up like real big and he goes, or you're like this. So you sometimes, and of course that one's Jim and one's me, like we're the exact opposite. And, uh, but, but we all respond in some way. So whether we blow up or we yell or we scream, you know, we, we um, run and hide, we avoid things, we try to ignore it. And so whatever we do, we do it. Why do we do it? Because, because we think it works. Because we, it works for a little bit, right? It works for us. It works for us to deal with it right then just for that little bit. But the problem is, is that it doesn't really work. The truth is, is it backfires and we become stuck. And so that's the tough part. So the next, I love this, what James says next, because he's like, this is what you should do. This is what you should have done instead. Instead of wanting them to change, instead of being frustrated and getting mad at them, this is really what, what you should do. And in, and in the second verse, he says, you do not have because you do not talk to God about it. You do not have because you do not ask God. <clears throat> God wants us to bring it to him so he can give us peace. And, and it's really the only way. I can't tell you how many times, even in my own life, that I thought that I was doing the right thing and trying to fix it on my own. And it just backfires on you. And, you know, I think about that. I just thought I, just, I, just thought I knew so well. Like, I, I got it. I can tell you what's wrong. I can tell you how to fix it. I can do all these things. But... They never changed. 
I don't understand. I'm like, it never worked. But that's because, you know why? God wants you to bring it. He wanted me the whole time to bring it to him. And I thought I was doing good. I'm like, I can see it. It's clear. God's like, but you're not doing it right. I want you to bring it to me. Bring it to me so that I can give you peace in this situation. And then there were, I even thought I was doing good sometimes by ignoring it. You know, I thought, okay, God, I'm, I'm really good now because I'm like, you know, I'm not saying anything like, like, you know, I'm not doing anything. So I'm like, good. And then the deal is, is that didn't really help either because God is still wanting me to bring, he's still wanting you to bring it to him. He's, you know why? Because he's after your heart. He loves you and he's after your heart. He won't allow that other person to change by the way that you're doing it. Because he wants you to come to him. It's just another way that he can scoop you up and love on you and bring you peace and change your life. Like he wants that for you. I love this next, it says in, uh, down in verse three. So I'm just kind of going through these verses. He says, when you ask, and I love this. He says, when you ask, you do not receive because you, you still don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. I'm like, it's kind of like, you know, some of you are going to church, you're like, God, I'm good. Like, I pray, I do praise and worship, I'm good. I'm just waiting on this other person to wake up. Like, I am waiting on, I'm just going to be, like, I'm good. I used to be mad, now I'm not, now I have peace, and I'm waiting on God to change them. Like, I'm waiting for their ears to be open, right? I mean, am I the only one? I'm like, is that, I, I guess I don't, I'm like, but you know what, the whole time, it, and I'm sincere, but the whole time it's like, mm-mm. You're coming, you're even coming to me. But I'm saying, God, can you just show them? God, can you just change their heart? Can you just remove all those barriers, Lord? Like, just bring the walls down. I mean, come on. Stop. I am not talking about you. Yes. So the whole time, and then, you know, the deal is he's saying, you, you're coming to me, but you have the wrong motives. You're, the, the focus is on them, and I'm after you. I'm trying to touch your heart. I want to change your life. And he's saying, you have to bring it to me. He wants us to let him examine our motives and look at our heart and love on us. He wants, God desires to be closer to us. And so if I could challenge you with this one thing, it would be this. Instead of trying to change them, let God change you. I mean, I'm like, if we could do that, it's a win. Like, we can all just go home. That's all that we need to say, right? I mean, that's a, if, if instead of trying to change them, if you can let God change you. I believe, and when I said I believe, it can change, radically change your life. I believe that with all of my heart. And I'm not saying it lightly. Like, it takes work. Like, sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. It takes work, and it takes some time, and sometimes it can be painful. Like, sometimes it's not easy, and that's why this is not an easy message, but it is what God wants to do, I believe, in this church and in our lives for sure.
And so um, I believe this individually and I believe it corporately. Just even as the body of Christ, I feel like God is just moving. He's turning people's hearts back to him. I mean, even in the news recently, you have seen movie stars and people in Hollywood. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying go to Kanye's Sunday services. I'm not saying everything he says is correct. But what I do know is that God is moving. They are, like, God is moving. There's been three or four or five people that have said, God, there's been something happening in my life. And I just truly believe that that's what God is doing right now. And so I just want to give you three things that are going to help you. They're not necessarily easy things, but they will help you. And um, so I just want to give you three things and we'll go through them um, whenever you're bringing things to God. And the first one is to overlook, to overlook it. It's to overlook the offense. And Proverbs 10, 12 says, love overlooks the wrong that others do. I'm like, you know, when you first read that, I'm like, overlook it. Like that just sounds weak. Like I don't even, like just overlook it. Like I'm supposed to just overlook it. Like it just, that just doesn't sit well with me. Can you tell which one I am? I don't know, I'm just saying. So, but that's what society tells us too. You know, it's not just like that's the norm. And so when God is saying love overlooks wrongs, it's not, it's difficult. It's not, you know, it's not, they, I mean, nowadays it's speak your thoughts. It's say your opinions. It's stand up for yourself. And if you don't, then you're weak. That's what, that's what society and culture tells us. And that's why it feels so, it's, it feels so against the grain. And then it's against our flesh. Like nobody wants to overlook it. Like our bodies are created for a fight or flight response. Like when something happens, we're, we're like, we have a natural physical response in our body as well. Like we're, so we have to, we have to go back to what God says, that God says love is what overlooks all wrongs. I mean, I even had something this week. I mean, I was mad. I mean, when I say like, like my face was probably red. I mean, I know my blood, I could feel, you know, like when you can feel your heart starting to pump and like my palms were sweaty. And for me, I don't know about you, but I can't even think straight. Like, like he was talking, like my kids are talking and I can't even, like I'm not even able to think clearly at this moment, which is the reason why I need to keep my mouth closed. But I mean, like it is a physical response. Like I was mad. And, I, and of course, I was working through my message and I'm on point one that says, overlook it. And I'm like, I go back to, I'm like, really? Because <laughs> it's not easy. I'm not telling you it's easy. I love it says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, it says, when a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known, but wise people will ignore an, exult, an insult. Yeah. I can't, I've been, I can't tell you how many times I have acted a fool or said things that I didn't mean because I responded quickly when I was annoyed. And I'm, you know, and it's easy to say, but God, you know, I am mad. Like you don't understand. And, you know, I didn't even respond back to them right then. But, you know, it's funny, but I did have a little conversation um, privately to myself. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'm like, I don't, are you like that? Like, or, or maybe you're just mumbling, you know, you can be mumbling or sometimes you don't say anything at all. I, am I the only one? You're like doing your hands like this. You're like, tell them off. 
They're not there. Nobody's hearing you. It's kind of like, like my husband in that traffic. You know, like you're, you're just going off and then you're in the grocery store and you're like, look, people are staring at you like, what is wrong with that? Like, like you just told them off all by yourself. I don't think that's what, that's not ignoring it. Just so you know, that is not ignoring it. That is not ignoring it. And I love, because in the Proverbs in chapter 10, he says, love overlooks all wrongs. And you know, when I read that, you know what I thought? God is love. God is love. And so you know what that means? That means if we're gonna overlook all wrongs, overlook all our wrongs, we need God to do it. We, God gives us the capacity to love because he is love. We don't have the capacity to love without God. And so we need him. And God is also empathetic. You know, empathy is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and feel what they're feeling. And it doesn't, it doesn't come natural for everybody, but, but God is empathetic. And just like love with God, he will give you the ability to love and to be empathetic, to be able to give you the grace to overlook those wrongs. And you have no idea, you know, just like that person in the traffic that maybe cut you off or someone in the grocery store that was just rude or a family member that just went sideways, you know, you have no idea what maybe, you know, you have no idea what kind of news they just heard. Like you have no idea maybe what's going on in their life and what's in their family life and their relationships, the brokenness and the hurt that are in their life. And you never know. Like you never know what could be going on. And that's the kind of empathy that God gives us when we allow, when we bring it to him and we allow him to let us overlook it. You know, I think too, even about um, young people, you know, you hear a lot about bullying and anti-bullying. And I'm like, but are we getting to the root of it? Has anybody asked them why they're bullying? So we're helping the kids that are being bullied and I fully agree with that. But I'm like, what is that young person doing that they are hurting so bad? What are they missing in their life so badly that they have to cause that kind of pain and hurt in someone else's life? And so, you know, adults are the same way. Adults are the same, it, never, it doesn't change. Hurting people hurt people. And so when we go to God, he'll give us the ability to overlook. He gives us the, to look past their behavior and look into the pain and what's going on in their world. Amen. Amen. The second point, and it doesn't really get any easier, it just kind of actually, I'm just gonna, it just gets a little harder. Like each one gets a little more difficult. So the second one is pray for them. So not only, God, do you want me to overlook it, but you want me to pray for them. Matthew chapter five, verse 43 and 44 says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So to me, you heard, you've heard what it said. You've heard the norm. So, so what he's saying is basically this is common culture. So this is culture. This is practice to say, just love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Stand up for yourself. You know, all that, that, that's what culture is saying. But he says, but I tell you, I'm telling you something counterculture. I'm telling you something different. It's not what the ladies at work are telling you to do. It's not what the guys on the job are telling you to do. It's not what social media is telling you to do, but I'm telling you to do this thing that is the opposite, that's a little bit harder. And you know, when I looked it up in my Bible, it's the red letter edition. So red, the things that are written in red are the things that come from, Je the words that come from Jesus's mouth. This is coming from Jesus's mouth. 
He's saying, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you the body of Christ. I'm telling you Anchor Bend. I'm telling you individual that needs to hear that this morning to love your, love your enemies, to love them and pray for them. Like I'm, t- those, are, those are straight, those are words straight out of Jesus's mouth. And you know, I, uh, it's funny because I, I think, man, I, I'm doing good. Like I, I've had, you know, the Holy Spirit tell me that directly. I think we have a, a it's easy to think that we're doing good. You know, like, we're like, I got this. This is good. I'm, I'm doing great. And then, you know, I'm doing great because you should have, you, like, you didn't know what I wanted to do. You didn't know what I wanted to tell them. Like, you just don't know how good I'm doing right now. <laughs> Some of you are like, you should have been, you should be proud. I didn't even give them the, the finger salute today <laughs> with my Anchor Bend sticker on, you know, like, I, you should be proud, Pastor. <laughs> you know, but you know what the Holy Spirit told me? No, 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 no. That's not good enough. It's not good enough to just contain all that junk and the anger and frustration and bitterness and all those things on the inside. That's not good enough. He wants us to take it a step further. I feel like God is holding us accountable right here because it's easy for us to say, I love him. Like I did, I'm, I'm controlling myself, right? I didn't, I didn't flip them off or I didn't tell them off or I didn't, I didn't, I'm controlling myself. I'm doing good. I love them. That means I love them. He's like, no, 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 no. God's holding us accountable because he cares about our heart. He cares. He's not gonna let you just slide by. So he says, he wants to make sure that your heart is right and that you're not gonna just overlook it, but that you're gonna pray and that you're gonna speak life over them and you're gonna bless them. I'm like, do you know how hard that is? That is hard, you know? And our, but our word, he knows our words create worlds. In the Bible, it says that there's, there's life and death within our tongue. There's power in our, in our mouths. And he wants us to bless them and speak life over them. You know, I think about this. So we have morning devotionals with our kids. And, you know, not every morning, everybody's a ray of sunshine. You know, they... I mean, they're fighting. I mean, even praying, they're like stepping on each other's shoes, like on their feet. I'm like, really? But somebody, sometimes, you know, one of them will come in there and they're just had a bad morning. They're just frustrated. They're angry. And, you know, every morning when we circle around, we make everybody go around and pray. And even sometimes I'm like, do I have to pray? Like, can you just do it? Like, can we just, you know, like dragging this thing on. But she, do you know that when that child or whoever it is that is frustrated when they begin to pray, do you know what it does in them? God's after our heart. He's like, I don't need, I pray for them, bless them. It's not about them. It's about you. He cares about your heart. When you pray and you speak those words of blessing, your heart is changed. I literally can see their hearts and their tones soften as they begin to pray. There's power, even as, as in, in our marriages. Like, you know, if Jim and I are frustrated, we say, okay, let's just pray. Like, let's just start over, let's just pray. Like, God softens your heart. It changes us. God is after your heart. And can I just say, too, this, this uh, I just, I didn't wanna go on without saying, this is social media, too. Like, this applies to social media. And I, and, because there are a lot of mean things that people say on social media. And I think it's because nobody's in, you know, they're not in anybody's face. So they can just say whatever they want. They don't have to be accountable. They just hit send and they don't have to worry about it. 
And I hope that I'm, I'm sure that it's not anybody here at Anchor Bend. I'm sure it's not anybody here, but it's, it's the way you respond. And so even I could, if I could ask you too, if someone says something ugly about the church, don't respond. Just don't respond. Or if you do, just speak love. Bless them. Pray for them. You have no idea what they may be going through and what might be really going on on the inside of them. The next uh, scripture in First Peter, it's uh, chapter 3, verse 9. It says, do not do wrong to repay a wrong and do not insult to repay an insult. But repay with a blessing because you yourselves were called to do this so that you might have a blessing. You might receive a blessing. God is a good father. And even though those things are difficult and sometimes they cause pain and it's hard to do, he is a good father. It's because he's trying to bless you. It says, so that you would receive a blessing. It's not about them. It's so he can bless you and change your heart. I love that. And, you know, um, down in the... It's, he's not trying to make it hard for you. He loves you and he wants to bless you. So he, he might hold you a little bit more accountable. He, he, he's saying, look, you need to overlook it. But if you've overlooked it, then maybe the next thing you need to do is pray for them and bless them, even though it's hard. And then the next thing, the third point and the last, that could be even a little bit more difficult, is to forgive them. And I know you're like, that's it, I'm out, I'm done. I had you, I was with you, Pastor, for one and two, but third one, I'm out. <laughs> like, uh, like, I'm out of here. It's like, fine, you want me to be nice, you want me to pray for them, you want me to bless them, but I don't know if I can forgive them. Like, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. It's, it's really painful. And, you know, I've even been in a point in my life, and even maybe some of you here today, this morning, where you're like, I would forgive them, but I physically don't know how. And you know why? I think that's because, because when we've been hurt, we, it's almost like we have clamped down on it for so long, we don't, we don't know how to let go of it. We don't know how to open up our hearts. We don't know how to say, it's like, okay, God, I, I, I have it up here. I want to let go. I want to forgive them. I want to surrender it to you, but I physically don't know how. And I just believe that God wants to do some of that here this morning. It's so powerful. And um, you have to know that forgiving them does not make what they did okay, right? It doesn't say, hey, it's okay what they did. It does not make what they did okay. But forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. It's still wrong. Yes, they were wrong, but it's not for them. It's for you. It's to set you free. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And it's because hurting people hurt people. And you know, you might, it, the deal is it's not making excuses. It's not saying, oh, well, hurting people hurt people. It's really just a fact. It's, it's not making excuses. We're not saying, well, it's okay because they're hurting. No, it's not okay. But it's just a fact for you to know that if someone else is hurting, they're gonna, it's gonna be easy to hurt other people. Just like if you're hurting, it's gonna be easy for you to hurt other people. And it, this part is written in red as well. I thought it was so powerful when Jesus said out of the words of his mouth, 
Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. He was nailed to a cross and he was bleeding. He was beaten. He could barely talk. He was spit on. And you think about like, those are the last words. Like the last words that he said and he is still thinking about, you know, he's not, he's not talking about the criminals to the left and the right. He's talking about the Roman soldiers that just beat him. He's talking about those men standing in front of him, ridiculing him and spitting on him and, and everything that they did. Those are the, he's saying, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And I think, you know, when I looked it up in my Bible, off to the side, I, I had written if he can do it for me, I can do it for others. And I thought, wow, you know, like putting yourself in that moment that God would muster up the ability to move his lips enough to say these words. Father, forgive them for they, they don't know what they're doing. He's not asking us to do something that he has never experienced, that he's never been through. And God is asking us to forgive because he knows the freedom. And that's why the enemy fights it so bad. God knows the freedom that's on the other side. He's saying, hey, I know that it's difficult. I know you've heard sometimes like these expressions about holding on to forgiveness. And I'll share a couple. It's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die, right? Like we're, we're drinking poison, thinking that something, you know, expecting them to die when it's really hurting us or, or like setting yourself on fire, expecting the other person to die of smoke inhalation. Well, they might, but you're gonna burn up first. Like you're gonna, you're gonna be the one that burns up first. They might eventually get there, but you're the one that is stuck. You're the one that's hurting. You're the one that God is after. And so, you know, he's telling us these difficult people that make you so mad and so frustrating, you know, the, the people at school or work that's rude to you, Mr. Random Guy that just cut you off on the highway, like, Jim, forgive them. <laughs> forgive them. If Jesus can do it, you can't do. <clears throat> I'm going to close with this. There's another reason why we should forgive. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share three scriptures quickly. Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32, says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, and along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ forgave us. We forgive others because we have been forgiven. And in Colossians 3.13, it says, I love this. It says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances that you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I love it. The very first word, it says, bear it. It's not like, hey, go forgive them. It's gonna be easy. No, it's even in the scripture. It's like, bear it. Just endure it. I know it's gonna be hard. I know it may be difficult, but bear it and forgive them as the Lord has forgiven you. It means look for at whatever capacity that you feel like God has forgiven you, that's the capacity forgive that you should forgive them with. And, and maybe that, and that's different for some of us. Maybe we don't have a full understanding of how much that we've been forgiving and redeemed of our sins. But whatever that capacity is, you should forgive others with that capacity. And then Matthew 10, eight says, freely you have received, 
freely give. The forgiven forgive. And it's a challenge. Um, you know, it is a challenge. It's a challenge for a lot of people because we can't give what we don't have. It's hard to forgive others when we ourselves don't feel like that we have been truly forgiven. And that may be for a couple of reasons. One is, um, you know, you may have never experienced what it's like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and trust him and receive his forgiveness. Maybe you're not aware of, of that. <clears throat> and so at, at whatever capacity that you have been forgiven, then you have the capacity to forgive others. But sometimes, you know, it's not others that we need to forgive. That's not where the capacity, is, the, the, the challenge is. It's because we've never forgiven ourselves. And so we have never forgiven ourselves. And so it's like, why would we forgive someone else? Because we've never really forgiven ourselves. Christ has forgiven us and he's just waiting for us to jump on board. He's forgiven us. He's already paid the price. It's already done. But we have not forgiven ourselves. And so we, are not, we, we have not received the forgiveness that God has already paid the price for. And so it makes it a challenge and it makes it difficult for us to forgive others. And so when that happens, sometimes, you know, we, we don't forgive ourselves. And so what happens is we feel like we have to work for it, right? We're doing all these good things. And, you know, that's where we get frustrated because we're doing all these good things. And we're like, God, we're, you know, we're earning your love because we don't freely receive it, right? So we're earning it. And he's like, that's great. But my love and my forgiveness has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. As a matter of fact, the Bible says all of our righteousness is a filthy rags. All of our righteousness, all the good deeds that we could do. God, we work so hard. We do this, we do that. God, I'm trying to do this right and trying to do that right. The Bible says it's equal to filthy rags. It has no value. It means nothing. It means nothing. He's like, I freely give you my love. And so then when that happens, you know, we're, then we're left with wool wow, you know, if I'm thinking about all these good things, like, God, I, I'm good because of all these good deeds, but they mean nothing to you, then all I'm left with is my sin, is my imperfections, is the, the ways that I fail every day. And, and then you still freely love me? See, that's pain, that's hard. That's hard sometimes. And so it's easy for us to just keep working because we can receive that in our infinite minds because we can understand what it means to work and do good and get something in return. But what we can't understand is how when we do nothing right, we do nothing right and yet we still have a loving God who is so faithful and cares about us and wants to save us and redeem us. That's why it's so hard. So difficult. So don't wait for God. We're talking about difficult people and difficult situations. My question is, is it really about that other person? Or is God after your heart? He's after you. He pursues you. He loves you. So my challenge is don't wait for God to change them. Allow God to change you. And I, I, there's really, uh pastor's gonna come up in just a minute and he's gonna, there's gonna be an opportunity um, to, for a salvation, for a salvation call. 
Um, but I really just wanted to pray over two things. I, those two things, I feel like there are people, you know, wherever you're at, just identify like, God, this difficult situation in my life, do I need to overlook it? Do I need to pray and bless them? Whatever that next step is, whatever that next step is, God, that's gonna draw me closer to you. Or do I need to forgive them? Where am I? And then pray for God to give you clarity on that situation, what exactly needs to happen. And then also those ones that, um, I really believe that God is going to set people free from some things this morning. I really felt that. I felt like there are some people that have been carrying some things around that maybe you're at that point where you're at the forgiving point, or maybe it's yourself that you've never forgiven. And I truly believe that God is going to set some people free this morning. So let me just pray if we can bow our heads. God, I pray that you would just bring clarity to our lives. God, to the difficult situations, to the, the people, the ones that have hurt us, God, where we've been mad or angry. And, and God, we don't even know how to let go and to surrender and to let you breathe into this situation. But God, I just pray, Father, that you would give them grace, Father, that you would help everyone here, including myself, see what it is, what our part is, and what the next step is. Lord, I know it's not easy, and I pray that you would give us the grace to walk that out, whatever it is. And God, that you would, God, I pray that you would allow us to see you, Father, your love and how you're after our hearts. I pray that you would remove any barriers that are keeping us from walking closer to you. I repent, Lord, for judging others and myself, for taking your place, Lord. God, forgive us for not trusting you the way that we should and for cheapening the very special gift that you have given so freely. Forgive us for trying to earn it, Lord. We love you. God, we honor you. We are so thankful for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.